0: NapaBroadcasting.com, the online radio home of Napa Valley College. Welcome back to NapaBroadcasting.com and Napa Valley College Now. One of the things we set out to do with Napa Broadcasting was to provide a conduit between the college and the community. Over the past nine months, I think we've started to do that as we've introduced the college to many of our appointed and elected leaders, and in turn, in interviewing many members of the faculty and administration, we've tried to tell the community more about what goes on at the college. At the top of that fountain of information is the college's president, Dr. Ron Kraft. As he pilots the college through the changing times in community education, he's also the personification of that link between the college and the community. That's why it's always a treat and informative to have him here on NapaBroadcasting.com and on Napa Valley College Now to give a kind of president's report, particularly now, as we wrap up the 2014-2015 academic year. It is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Ron Kraft to Napa Valley College now. Ron, thanks for coming in.
1: Thank you very much. It's great to be here. It's great to
0: have you here. Uh, It it is interesting to think about these things, and this has been a new experience for me in dealing with people around here, in terms of just the academic year. You know, we tend to think of, you know, the end of the year as the end of the year, but this really is a transition point. The, that we're at right now. I mean, in talking to people here and, and you included, everybody is very focused on, on bringing this year to a successful conclusion.
1: It is. It's, it's cyclical. And in fact, the energy completely changes in May. Everybody's kind of struggling through in April and students and faculty and staff start looking at at summer and that approach and the commencement and all of those areas with a, with a new eye. And while all of that is happening, we're shaping up ready to go to press the fall schedule and enrollments start in just a, a week or two for the fall semester. So for us it's a uh, it's it's seasonal for sure in that most of it is budget related and driven right and we close out our student counts but uh, it, it's a continuing, year-long process.
0: One of the things that seems to be bigger this year is the summer program, really focusing on a lot of opportunities here over the summer. Talk about that, because that really is next up.
1: It's great. You know, from our vantage point, I've been here three years, just celebrating my anniversary in May, and that's been fast and furious. As I understand, this is the biggest summer that the college has put on in at least a decade or so. And part of that is we're recovering Trying to put as many students in the classroom as possible. And we understood from last year that there was a significant demand. So we feel pretty good about uh, staffing this, pretty good about the student response. The brochures, our schedule for summer, mm-hmm. hit most of the mailboxes this last week. And so we should see, I hope. a a real significant boost in enrollments in the next week or two.
0: One of the other areas that seems to be getting a revitalization is a lot of activity at the Upper Valley Campus. Talk a little about that.
1: Upper Valley Campus at St. Helena is a jewel. Uh, It it is a crown jewel. It has been over the years regarded in different ways, but always it comes back to its strength, which it's in St. Helena. It is a beautiful, small center, if you will. We call it a campus, but it's designated a center by definition. It is in the the middle of the hospitality, viticulture, culinary corridor of the United States. So our plan is to lean into that, develop as much as we can in and around those three areas, and continue the community outreach while having as much daytime programming as we can for credit as well so it in many ways we're trying to do several things with that center but i think it will continue to move towards this culinary hospitality viticulture center
0: talk a little bit about that because that really while it has been a part of of the campus both up valley and and here in napa and certainly been a part of the program for a long time there is this sense of, of renewed focus, renewed energy in these areas that really are the heart of the business community here in the Valley in wine, food, hospitality.
1: The, the, the difference between what the Workforce Investment Board mm-hmm. might identify as all of the service level industries and what we know as the fundamental agriculture of, of, the, of the community um, really was lost a little bit in in translation over the past few years. When I came here, we had a, a very contracted hospitality program. The last few years have has found our our viticulture program doing well, but not really expanding like we wanted it to. So when we really sat down as a community group with advisory groups and also with the board, started talking about what would work best. At that upper Valley campus, it really made sense, at least to me, that strong leadership is going to say, "Hey, we're going to we're going to embrace the hospitality, viticulture, culinary aspects of what makes the valley world famous, and see if we cannot be the number one place for people to come for that kind of education."
0: The other nexus with that is really the role of community colleges in general. As we look around the country whether it's the auto industry in Detroit or tech in Silicon Valley, that there is this constant nexus between community colleges and whatever the prevailing industry or business is anywhere in the country.
1: It's true I'm smiling it makes me laugh because the, the the not only a nexus but it's community college. So you should really be reflecting in the career and technical side exactly that. So we as you know, we've had a couple openings in terms of faculty and had a very unique, Occurrence at this institution and in our viticulture program in that both professors, one retired and one resigned, and that generally is an unusual circumstance, so we have had no um, boots on the ground, so to speak, really for the last few months.
0: What problems has that caused? It's been a subject, I know. The, the paper has run some stories about it. There have been some discussions, I know, at the board level. Talk a little bit about how that has gone and where it is now, because I think a lot of people want to know where it, where it stands.
1: Well, it's the, the leadership dilemma, always, and one of mine, is trying to identify the problems before they arise. This one, we, uh, we're clearly behind the curve. And, and what's interesting um Steve Krebs who had led the charge as the the program coordinator for years and years did the outreach and that connectivity when he left with the community and with the advisory groups with the mm-hmm. with the vintners and the farm bureau and all those places just really dried up we did our internal planning but clearly missed the mark in reaching out to those folks and, and the students let us know right away what's going on. The Farm Bureau let us you know what's going on, Vintners, what's going on. So we're trying very hard now to address those needs in a, in a proactive way. The good news is, without them knowing that, we really have been working forward very aggressively and assertively to develop the kind of program that had been planned by Steve and and um, Brian Avila and yeah. others and the advisory groups for a long time. So those are pretty exciting developments. Mm-hmm.
0: Talk a little bit about how you, squ- as, as a leader, as the president of, of this college, how do you square that circle in that you want strong people in these positions, people like Steve Krebs that have been there for a long time and that had great tentacles into every aspect of the industry, that the problem is when they leave, they take, the institutional connections with them and there isn't another layer there necessarily because the institution is is finite in its size just because of the size of the community and the economics.
1: It, it's a um, – one of the books that was very popular in the 80s was a management book that talked about a big tanker and how to turn a great big tanker and they had a little trim tab underneath. So first you had to turn that trim tab, and then you could turn the rudder. And that's generally what happens here. We're a big organization and with so much going on. But basically we run it on a very thin Mm -hmm. margin in terms of people and personnel. So the activity that really occurs at the program level, the dean level and the program level, Mm -hmm. is amazing. And as soon as that – as soon as Steve retired, we really felt that loss and, and that and that outrage. So now we have to all kind of pick up those pieces. We've enlisted a couple really wonderful folks. Um, our advisory groups, our, our part-time folks, mm-hmm. um, teachers are unbelievably expert and have really stepped into to the fore, and giving us a lot of advice. So between now and the opening of school in August – A lot of very exciting things.
0: We were talking earlier about the ongoing cycle, the end of this academic year, summer programs, and of course you talked about the catalog and programs already being planned for 2015, 2016. What time is there for you and and other members of the administration and faculty to sit back and really reflect on the past year, the things that worked, things that did things that went well, and really begin to incorporate that in planning for the future?
1: It's good. We've structured it. I mean, the CEO president's spot, along with the vice president's, is a, is a uh, coordinated effort towards trying to manage the daily tasks. You know, So the tyranny of the urgent, as they say, right. really intrudes. However, we do have a weekly meeting, in which we call cabinet of the vice presidents mm-hmm. and other key leaders. The board has met twice now in retreat format to talk about the future of the organization. And I try to, along with my vice presidents, take some time to just work on one subject at a time. We've done a couple of those and those are those are good. The, the clock slows down a little bit. You can think about the, the strategy and the and the direction all the while while making all of the ongoing pieces fit the the bottom line of it is exactly that it, it comes down to in many cases the finances what you're able to do what many folks would like you to do immediately is not possible you have to do it in terms of phases and it can literally drive people crazy who are not in education to feel how slow sometimes our response curve feels from the outside for an educational institution, Napa Valley College, is very responsive, and we actually, we move pretty quickly, but um, that that's hard to uh, articulate sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about, as you look to next year, if you had to articulate two or three or maybe even four goals, things that, that you would like to sit here a year from now and talk about, that have either been accomplished or are on the road or, or things that really are at the forefront of where you want to lead in the next year.
1: Thanks. I'd, I'd like to. Uh, there's a, I had introduced in the 12-13 year um, a plan called The Way Forward, which is a financial look in a very strategic, proactive way at the college and how it should plan its future, understand its finances. That had not been... Historically, a take that Napa Valley College has under has undergone. Th- this year, we're on the final pieces of finishing that. A lot of hiccups along mm-hmm. the way. Prop 30, in a good way, interrupted that plan because it infused capital where we didn't think there was capital. Right. So we slowed down a little bit. Now Prop 30 is going away. Our, our student growth um, dropped a little bit this year. Um, so we needed the we needed to boot that back up then we then this week as as you know, and, and maybe you've heard the the governor's budget right. and update may revise looks very good um, for community colleges in general so the way forward will be finished this summer it's a very strategic proactive way of looking at our finances and again the the underlying assumption there is to make sure from um uh, organizational side that we do not run a structural deficit, which really means we can live within our means, and that's that's critical. I think that's a promise we need to make to the community. I think it's one that rings true. Everybody else is running good, reasonable um, operations and institutional businesses in the mm-hmm. valley, and we do we do, we can as well. So that's the first one. Um, the second one, Napa Valley is, and the county is remarkable in that it's done so much of what I'll just call the heavy lifting and development in probably the last 80 months. You know, n- not a long time as as you really think about it. One of the, the pieces that we're very focused on is, and we've talked about it before, was the campus village concept. Mm-hmm. That um, housing and mixed use of the northern 40 acres of the campus's um, uh, developmental area is really something that we want to have pretty well understood and developed. Certainly a lot of conversation by next year. So if we're sitting here next year, my hope is that there will be sketches that have been surfaced. There will be general understandings between the communities mm-hmm. involved, and we're starting to move towards that in a, in a very um, positive way. I think the only other thing, I think about the campus in two ways. One, we have a fantastic faculty, and that is renewing itself every year. So we've hired just this year um, an additional 10. Um, it may be nine or 10, we're not quite sure mm-hmm. yet. And we'll hire a couple more next year. The year before this, we, we hired um, several others. So we're finding a refreshment of of faculty as as a retiring faculty and ret- and um, other administrators are kind of m- moving off to you know to start their second acts in in, um, in their world. So part of what we want to do is find a balance between the what I'll call just the the wonderful history, all the good things that have happened at Napa College and in the community, and blend that in a way that's seamless with new blood coming in that's, that's real critical that's happening all up and down the state this year mm-hmm. more retirements this year than there have been in many many years
0: why is that do you
1: think well I think a couple reasons the, the fundamental oh. landscape of community colleges has changed
0: mm-hmm.
1: it used to be just a great teaching learning environment and there were very little requirements in and around compliance and hr and safety and health there was very few requirements from the chancellor's office and as those layers of compliance have added over the, over the last few years it has changed i think in some ways the as some faculty members have said, you know, the fun of teaching. And, and the fun of teaching is turning, in some ways, to a bit more focused on the administrative tasks. So our, my goal and our goal is to keep our full-time faculty as much as possible in the mm-hmm. classroom, in, infuse that. And it's just a different world. It, the, the community colleges are looking to be the most important segment of higher ed. Clearly, in the United States, that that from President Obama all the way down, that intercourse of of um, in- incredible community college is really it, not a, not a second choice, but this is a first choice. Mm-hmm. Um, is not lost on in- with anybody. With that comes a huge new student population with many more demands. I want to be enrolled today. I would like a phone call back today. Um, can, you know, can I use? Can I swipe my credit card over my phone? And can't that work? Um, I've got seven uh, different schools I'd like to apply to. So can I just do my transcripts this afternoon? By the way, I need to test mm-hmm. assessment. Um, can I do that this afternoon? And, and you know, and so to meet all those needs that we have to, it, it's critical that we really look at things, not so much organically like the old community colleges used to do there used to be a need you add a person a need you add a person well at some point that becomes what we've been talking about structurally um, impossible so we're looking at um, successfully outsourcing or using services that might help us in recruiting that might help us with legal um, definitions or, or research that would help in certainly on the on the registration and access side. So all that's kind of this larger look of how education is really moving.
0: Right, in a really kind of creative destruction way, one assumes, and I, I don't know this, that as there is more focus from one end of the country to the other on community colleges and more awareness, more money available, more federal focus, that there are going to be companies that come along that try and provide some of these outsourced services to make it more efficient for community colleges. Mm-hmm.
1: The, um, I was listening to a report this morning, and this is analogous to what you just said. A large farm 100 years ago that would have taken 100 folks to run, runs with one person now running several machines. And the teaching learning side is critical. And, and it's going to have to always stay that way, I think. Um, a faculty member imparting great information or at least being a great resource um, and helping um, students use online resources or other resources. But at the heart of it, that's what we do is, is to teach students. I think the outsourcing pieces, you, you know, any two guys that are smart from Stanford – are creating a quick.com right. to address one of the little niches in higher ed, and we see them sparking up. the The key is to let some other community college, you know, go first and make the mistake, right. and then find <laughs> find a great way for us to say that worked or didn't work. But there are some very nice approaches out there where students can get um, better, faster service. It saves the institution. Um, money, time, and energy—that's us focus back on what's, you know, more in our our um, pocket, so to speak.
0: You mentioned student growth before, and that's mm-hmm. certainly an important focus. What holds that back? What's needed to create more student growth, in, in, given the the limited size of this community mm-hmm. and competition in nearby communities from right. Solano, Santa Rosa, etc.?
1: It's complicated. Y- you know, part of what I had done in the private sector for a few years when I was out there was strategically consult large companies on branding and outreach and it served us well I think here at least I believe that we have a very good handle on um, both the strengths and weaknesses of Napa Valley the biggest strength is we're completely known by everybody everyone knows Mm -hmm. locally, statewide and worldwide Napa Valley College reaching out to our own community base, clearly the biggest underserved is a Hispanic-Latino group. They, they really need to be able to access our, our classes in a different way. Santa Rosa, completely different template of a community college, a large regional, mm-hmm. you know, four or five times the population base, four or five times the size. Um, Solano, the same size. Um, and... A little smaller, but a a big outreach. So that leaves Napa Valley College um, poised perfectly in, in an optimistic way to address the needs of our county. It's, I was, you know, by way of qualitative, I was talking to students last week. They love the college. It is a, it's safe, beautiful to be on, very comfortable. And I think with our key programs, the viticulture and and uh, performing arts on two ends of it and then all of these other what I would call a very full complement of, of what a great small college can have we've done a pretty good job of balancing that and I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that what keeps the, the college on the cutting edge of uh, education is going to remain on the competitive side one of the advantages that we have going is the disadvantage for privates so we're not quite big enough to attract the the big private um, uh, colleges Mm -hmm. although um, there are other competitors who who go out there so there's there's independent cooking schools and there are um, even some some wineries that do um, educational pairings or you right. know, things around the edges. So it, it's a real interesting dynamic. The, the, the key is to stay focused, really look at student needs, and uh, stay ahead of that curve.
0: What are you hearing in terms of student needs? As Mm -hmm. you talk to students, as your vice presidents talk to students, what filters up in terms of what students need? I mean, we've talked about the obvious in terms of wine, food, hospitality, Mm -hmm. the various things that are offered in career and technical, and, of course, transfers. But what beyond that do you hear from students?
1: They, as typically as it it can be, the the community college is a, Really unusual, I think, fantastic um, social experiment. That, you know, we're far and away the most important in the nation, as you know, California, and inside California, our community college is uh, a good profile of the kinds of different classes that students need. So, so all that is to say that a large percentage of our of our students really are still figuring out their life path. Mm-hmm. We're not allowing them the kind of luxury that maybe you and I had back in the day, saying, you know, I'm going to wander around the campus right. for a few years and figure that out. So our vice president, Oscar DeHaro, in the student services side, along with Terry Juni on, in the instruction side, are really looking at helping students through counseling, through their educational plans, which they have mm-hmm. to have now by law, right. um, focus through. All that really does is make parents extremely happy because Mm -hmm. their students, now of that age, have a plan. Here's the plan. These are the years. These are the classes. Now, if they they stray from that, so be it, and they can can adapt. But that's a real important piece that the students have relayed to me. Mm -hmm. They like. I mean, they really enjoy that sense of direction and can kind of count on that a little bit. Um, the other pieces that are are um, important of course are the the in you know, the science and technology uh-huh. engineering and math the, the so-called STEM right. areas and our transfer classes like English speech psychology you know all those, all those sciences fill up in a day or two every time we offer them so uh, we're trying to make sure that we have enough balance there we're, we're moving to large classroom format Um, through student students are fine with a large classroom format as long as the education is still relevant they can understand they can see so we're utilizing more technology um, giving them you know kind of what i'll call hybrid learning which Mm -hmm. is a little online um, you know and um, and in person Um, that will help a little bit um, for us to serve more students in those highly impacted pieces and then when we get to really understanding, we're doing an up upgrade this year to our educational master plan. Not quite sure how we're going to yet proceed through that, but that will happen over the summer and the early fall. Mm-hmm. To what it, It's a snapshot in some ways of what we're offering, what should you be offering based on the look of the valley in the next three to five years, and how does that square up. So that's really important for us to do and try to prepare then for this next wave of students who are coming into to us in probably two to three years.
0: That's a good segue back to money, which is always a good place to come back to mm-hmm. in terms of financial sustainability that you were talking about before, the impact of the bond issue not passing, and, and what you're looking at in the future in that regard to shore that up.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking for that. I, you know, there's, there's two pieces. Um, first, I think that the... Bonds are the only way, as we've talked about, to to construct a building and to do a lot of the heavy repair or infrastructure. So there's no really other dynamic way to fund those things. So at some point, the college is going to have to go back to the community. I'm not sure when that is. Mm -hmm. That's the board's decision. And make it clear, very clear, what we're going to them for. The kind of if it's buildings or infrastructure, you know why we need their help to expand or to repair. The second prong of, of that um, that approach is moving towards what we talked about as a little bit of a self-sustaining fee-based uh, district auxiliary services function. So what, what that is, and we call that DAS. Right. So the District Auxiliary Services is all about those things that are entrepreneurial, that can help the college meet its mission without using state or tax dollars. And examples are the, the cafe or the bookstore. We're very hopeful that the, the income stream from Campus Village and other developmental pieces mm-hmm. um, can help us offset some of those costs. While we grow, we can only grow a certain amount. We don't ha- we don't have unlimited growth. So the, the state tells us how much we can grow each year. So mm-hmm. it was prior to this update, we could only grow by one percent next year, which was a n- not a lot. You know, fifty full time s- students. Um, I think they're going to increase that. This it looks like up to you know even a potential three percent, which is um, a challenge for our, our college. But the the, fi- the finances really are um, those those three big prongs, you know, student-driven um, um, equivalents through the state. I- anything and everything we can do through the you know restricted grants or the district auxiliary services, and um, the place that we really left off and where I'm um, focused very heavily is on w- w- the outreach. Um, through the, the Valley for Foundation and Giving. I'm very excited about that. One of the unintended uh, consequences of, of you know what I'll call at least a piece of a controversy of our, our first viticulture mm-hmm. um, going out for that, that faculty member, and I'd like to talk about um, that person in a while, sure. um, w- was we really did... For, I think for the first time understand how plugged in the valley is to our college and the viticulture program. So it, it, when it was running very smoothly and, uh, you know, kind of business as usual, um, everybody was fairly happy. As soon as...
0: You there were know, hiccups we, along the way. We have
1: hiccups in retirements, then, then a lot of people want to weigh in. And that, that sent a very c- clear message to me that there are a lot of folks who care a lot about this program and really want it to be the jewel of the of the of the college, and several of those people have stepped up already and said, "Hey, um, we're really willing to help, and we just need a, a good plan. Show us how best we can help, and that's very exciting."
0: Talk a little bit about how this is resolving itself with that, and who's coming in, and uh, yeah, how it's all playing out.
1: Um, I wish that I could say. Our new faculty member's last name, the best, but it is Paul Godspodarkic, I think. And Paul, if you're listening out there, I apologize, and I'll, I will have that down. Fantastic, fortunate stroke for the college, in that we did a uh, we did a nationwide search. Really, the best way we did a combo search, which I think caused a little bit of controversy, which was um, a viticulture and um, enologist search at the same time. So we were expecting multiple resumes for two spots and we did. We got uh, a wonderful candidate in Paul who has a fabulous enology background, winemaker background, psalm background. taught at the community colleges. So Mm -hmm. he's going to not only hit the ground running but help us to write new curriculum. Part of what we've sought over the past couple years is having a really strong tie with Davis and Right now, not much of our program transfers, so it could be a really great opportunity for Paul to come in and start writing curriculum that uh, transfers over. Right, and that's exciting. Davis is excited about that. Sonoma State is excited about. It. They have a small, but um, you know, uh, you know, a, a small program, mm-hmm. and um, we are still. Uh, um, I think favorably seen by almost everybody in the United States as the one of the core places to attend, you know, for a great education and viticulture.
0: And finally, one of the things that uh, is going on in this area, in the Valley now, and it really touches on so many of the things that we've talked about, vis-a-vis housing, wine, food, hospitality, I mean, so many of these things is you know, what, the, what the carrying capacity of the Valley is. How many wineries are enough? How much should there be? To what extent do we focus on tourism? How many hotels should there be? And that conversation is going on in every corner of the county, it seems, in one way or another now, both formally and informally. To what extent does the college want to be part of that conversation?
1: Well, I, definitely the college needs to be front and center. And we've talked about it, and even in your opening today. I mean, part of my goal, and we related to it a little earlier, is to be very front and center for the college, a a spokesman not only for the college but the community. And I think it's inherent in the college president, especially in a small community, to take a very strong, active leadership role, Um, help the college not only you know bridge the divide that is perceived out there but help lead the development of some of the other areas in the in the community as well um not unusual i mean there are many colleges where you find the the college president or the university president you know in the vanguard Mm -hmm. you know in in the smaller eastern states you know they they are hand in glove with the governor's office right and um I have met with the governor a couple times, mostly in a buffet line, <laughs> but but I'm looking forward to. I think with Bill Dodd up there, and, and certainly you know um, with Mike Thompson, we we are very connected um, in a good way. And they both asked me to you know step up the college's profile, and I'm very excited about taking that new leadership role. It's different for me. In that, I was really focused very heavily on the internal um, kind of mechanics of, of the institution and getting that correct. And it's getting closer to being dialed in now, so I can I feel like I'm able better to, to step out and start making some uh, inroads with the community.
0: Napa Valley College President Dr. Ron Kraft, I thank you so much for being part of Napa Valley College now.
1: Thank you. See thank you. you. Soon.
0: You're listening to Napa Valley College Now on NapaBroadcasting.com.